welcome to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado for another week's catch up on the trends and moves in agricultural commodity markets. My name's Olivia Agar and for today's episode we're going to be talking cattle. I'm pretty excited for you to hear this episode because we've brought in a guest for some on the ground insights. So as much as we talk to the trends and data from markets at Mercado, we do also rely a lot on our networks that are out there in the yard or on the auction floor to share what they're seeing so that we can add some reason, a bit of a story to what we're seeing in the data. Anthony Delaney is a man we've invited in for just that today. He's a livestock agent from Eastern Victoria with Nutri and Delaney Livestock, where there's a strong bullet patterning industry. So we talked to him a bit about what producers in his area are doing now, faced with the decision of whether to sell at really strong prices or to hold on for more weight, and also how Eastern Victoria is getting on in the rebuild. Before I hand over, though, uh, the big news of the week was the announcement from the bomb that we've officially entered La Nina, which is what the East Coast would have only have dreamt about uh, turning back the clock. What comes with that big news is a big question and what that means for livestock markets. For those that missed it in, on this week's email, Angus Brown took a look at what past La Ninas have meant for prices because, frankly, it's hard to think they could get much better for cattle than where they are at the moment. And when we look back in history at the last two La Nina events, which were from 2010 to 2012 and 2016 to 2017, that's also when we achieve record prices for cattle on the East Coast. So if La Nina does bring the expected rainfall, young cattle prices are very unlikely to head back to 600 cents until at least the autumn. And as you'll hear from Anthony in a moment, with plenty of grass about, it's definitely makes for hard trading decisions. So I'm going to hand over to Robert Herman and Anthony Delaney now. Enjoy the episode. Well, there's no doubt that we're seeing a really different situation to what we had this time last year. And I just had a quick look at some figures before we started talking about it. This time last year, the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator was 60% below where it is now and heavy steers, uh, East Coast heavy steers were 28% below where they are now feeder steers 44%. And of course, our slaughter numbers have also dropped this year. They're down. So we know the main reason for all that was the drought. And of course, farmers were dealing with that. But it's interesting. And I was listening to a podcast that uh, Adam Mountjoy put on. And uh, Anthony had you on there and you were talking about the Gippsland cattle traders. And I thought it was a really good uh, insights to that because some of these traders are now at the stage, I imagine, where they're selling the cattle they bought and have to make decisions about what they do going forward. Yes, well, that's right, uh, Robert. And I think that's been probably happening over the last six months and become more evident really in the last six weeks that it's really starting to happen. When we're Generally, we're seeing some big noted bully finishes down here selling their cattle off as stores and what we'd call heavy feeders more so taking the money now and based on the theory that they can buy them back later on. Now, what I think over this period of time that this has been happening, and also coupled by such a wet winter we've had down here, and with the pricing that's been available for people's cattle, it's been very um, very inviting for them to, to quit the cattle now, give the paddocks a rest, and then worry about it later on. I think what that's done for the bullock industry and the fattening down here in Gippsland in particular is 
the big flush of bullocks that we normally sort of start to see come onto the market October, November, December and on from there, yes, there's certainly going to be a flush and there'll be plenty around, but I don't think we're quite going to see the numbers everyone's anticipating that we're going to have. Um, bearing in mind that just, big, I guess, because of so many people have sold them off earlier than they would, taken the money, worked on the margin, and also the fact that people will probably try and keep them and make them just that bit heavier because they can't, they're just that bit dearer to replace. So it's not going to be a, um, a big flux on, I'd say, a big flush on this year. I think it'll just be a steady, gradual sell-off period. Of course, um, you, you've made the point there that uh, probably not everybody in Australia knows, but Gippsland is quite famous for grass finishing of, of heavy animals, been doing it for a long, long time. But it's also got a big breeding herd further to the east, you know, a lot of breeders out there. And we've been watching some of those prices. I see at Bansdale the other day, you know, deer calves making more than $5 live weight. Now, you made the point then, Anthony, that some of these bullock fatteners are sitting back and waiting, but someone must be going in there and buying these cattle and paying the big money. What's driving that price? Definitely that too. You've got a big breeding area in central and east Gippsland, and then you've got a big fattening area in west and south Gippsland. So, uh, sort of to contradict my comment of earlier, those that do would normally start to stock up come sort of, July, April, probably were a bit too wet. So now what we've seen in the store markets where the majority of the purchasing was all done by feedlots and processors six weeks ago, they've backed off, but the slack's been taken up by the grass finishers. So, yeah, we're really starting to... We're seeing a lot of bigger cattle on the market and we're seeing also them go to a very contrasting different avenues that they're getting sold to, both feedlots and also back in the paddock for big money. So... So are these cattle, um, we see the headlines come through with their prices, but uh, what's the, what are the numbers like compared to other years? Are the, are the cattle coming through earlier? You mentioned that people are taking the money early. I imagine if you've got uh, 380, 400 kilogram steers sitting in the paddock, you could either keep them through to the end of the spring and put another 120 kilograms on them, or you could take that $5 now. What are you seeing? Yeah, it's a catch-22 really, isn't it? Sort of, it's a hard thing to know what to do. Um, as an agent, we've been leaving it up to our vendors really to make that decision because if the market does come off a little bit and then you've kept them, well, you haven't achieved a lot. So we do have a lot of clients that are still sticking to how they've always done their job, but then we're also seeing a lot of people that are doing, yeah, as I spoke earlier, selling the cattle now, cut a bit of hay, cut a bit of silage, worry about it later. So... I think that will then, um, yeah, I think it'll all sort of lead to things staying where they are for quite some time to come. I imagine um, in your role as an agent, though, it's, it's a damn sight easier dealing with this problem than it was last year when, uh, you know, there was nobody with any feed and people were in, in terrible straits. Uh, this has been absolutely how much it's changed down in that area east of Melbourne year on year. Oh, it's been incredible. And the biggest change, we're very fortunate where we are here at Pakenham that West Gippsland's sort of similar to South Gippsland, it's very reliable and nine years out of 10, we generally have a season, but it's been great. Our business throughout Central Gippsland, Wellington, Shire, Sale and East Gippsland, like it's been drought now for the last four or five years and to see it really come to life and to see the breeders getting the prices that they're getting and the cars they're turning off, like we've got clients around Sale that are turning off 460, 70 kilo calves. Like they've really responded to the season that they're having there. Um, and to get the results that they've been getting, 
one particular line of cattle that we sell for. Uh, he made the comment to us the other day, his numbers are down a third, but his prices are well over that. So just with the price lift, it's sort of, it's making up for lack of numbers in that area that there are. We're seeing a lot of our clients up there keep a lot of, a lot more of their heifers than they normally would. A, because they're able to, and B, just to build up numbers. So I think that's one thing, the heifer price, it looks dear on paper, and it is dear, but until you sort of realise that we're down to people's, you know, really their seconds and thirds that are making this big money makes it dearer again because we haven't had access to those top-ender heifers because everybody's keeping them, which is understandable. So, yeah, it's such a big contract. And one thing I think we are very blessed with is that, and no one really wants, everyone's sick of talking about it, but with the restrictions that have been placed on the abattoirs and, and in Melbourne here and sort of as a market in Stage 4 restrictions here in Pakenham, if this had been, if that had been this time last year, we'd be in all sorts of trouble. So with the high prices in the season we've had, it's made, we've managed to get through this whole coronavirus episode pretty well compared to most industries. Yeah, that's a really good point, Anthony. I just want to go back one step, though. You mentioned about people keeping more heifers, and it's something that we've been looking at at Mercado for a long time. We know that um, you know, when the slaughter numbers of females are above 47% of what's being slaughtered, the herd's in decline, and we've been really concerned that it's taken a long time for those numbers to drop down. But are you seeing now that people are actually making long-term decisions to, to rebuild their herd, maybe keeping an extra age of cows they might have sold or more heifers? Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Probably so much more so in the keeping of the heifers rather than the older cows. I think people have got their cows through that much of the drought and the tough time up in that area. They've been able to keep the heifers finally and get their herds younger and the money they've been able to get for those older cows has also been phenomenal so it's been a good turnaround we're really starting to see now that spring calving cows and calves on the market and you know they're fetching prices of two and a half to thirty five hundred dollars so people are also stocking up that way it's big money um, but when you compare the price what they can sell their wieners for they're replacing them with a cow and calf pretty right so, yeah, we are starting to... We've certainly seen a lot of that happening at the moment. People keeping extra stock than they normally would. Well, um, look, it's great for us to be able to talk to you and I'm sure the people listening to Commodity Conversations are going to benefit because we tend to look at the numbers uh, and that's, that's deliberate. That's what we do. We look at the numbers and we gather data and information and try and assess it. But we're also aware that there's a real active business going on and no doubt Anthony you're in the middle of it and, and right now you're in the middle of one of the best places in the country to be trading cattle so we usually finish off um, the conversations here with a question out of left field question out of left field for you is if you're in the business of trading cattle today would you rather be selling them or buying them I'd want to be doing both I think at the moment if you're selling them, you need to be getting straight back in at the in the same market. Um, I wouldn't want to be selling them and then wanting to step back in in a month's time. I think at the moment, as dear as cattle prices are, people putting sixteen, seventeen hundred dollar steers out in the paddock. These people are getting twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven hundred for their bullocks. So it all adds up. Yes, down the track there might be that much in it. So I think probably more than ever, we need to be buying and selling in the same market. I think at the moment. So I don't okay. know if that answers that or not. No, it's it's probably, a sit, probably sitting on the fence sort of answer. But yeah, yeah. I'd right, right now I'd like to be doing both. 
No, that's great. And, um, and given that we're talking to you from Ballarat and you're in Victoria, we're all in Victoria, um, we need an AFL question. Is your team in the finals or Yes, not? they are. Yep. Okay, so who are you going for? Not, don't Geelong. The oh. Yep, the Cats. <laughs> well, I live, in, I live in an area where most people are Geelong supporters, I think. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, look, all the best. I think they played tonight. Uh, they played last night. So we yeah. we're recording this on Thursday and we're going to um, publish it on Friday. So by the time this is published, we'll know who won. Good luck. Thanks again, Anthony. Really appreciate your time and uh, all the best. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Olivia. Thanks, Anthony and Rob, for coming on the podcast today and to all our listeners. Thanks for joining us. We are hoping to bring in guests more regularly to share more of a local view on commodity markets. So let us know what you thought of today's episode and if it's something you'd like to see more of in the future. And have a great week and we look forward to the next one.